Hey, 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 welcome to episode 14. On today's episode, we talk about those Golden State Warriors. What, what? World champions this year, 2022. Um, how petty Steph Curry is. <laughs> and does that work for your business? We've got a million dollar equation lesson and something that you can do right now to move your business forward. And then of course, my message. Stay tuned, we'll be right with you. Welcome to the Million Dollar Equation Podcast, a podcast about the easiest, fastest way to build a million dollar business based on the best-selling book, The Million Dollar Equation. If you love business, each episode reveals all of the core fundamental essentials for growth. Now, here's your host, Rochelle Shaw. So fun, so fun. Every day is so fun. What about the basketball finals, the NBA finals? Like y'all know I am a crazy, crazy sports fan. Um, earlier today, I was making a reference about a, a sales guy. And I said, um, who used to be on our team? And I'm like, he reminds me of James Harden, right? And the guy I was talking to is like, what? No, James is a beast. I go, but think about it. I go, James is not always a beast. Like he, he's, he's, he turns it on, he turns it off, he turns it on, he turns it off. Like he does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. Like, and when he doesn't, he cries like a baby. Like who cares about, right? Like, no, 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 we don't want to, we want like petty Steph Curry, right? That when you say something bad to him, he goes, hold my beer, <laughs> right? He turns around, he shoots from half court, right? Oh, oh, you dunked on me? Okay, hold on, hold on. Oh, keep going, because I'm going to stop right here at half court. And then he turns around as it goes in the freaking basket. Right? <laughs> petty Steph Curry. So I love Petty Steph Curry, right? So what makes Steph Curry petty? P first of all, when you do things like that to him, he comes after you. Um, he shoots from, from crazy odd places. He goes down with one arm just to show you that, look, I, you can't stop me. You can't stop me. Even when he has a bad game, goes 0 for 9, right? I'm still betting on Steph. I'm still betting on Steph because he is, at the end of the day, the number one three-point shooter, even though y'all know I went to high school with the former, right? With Reggie Miller, who is one of the best three-point shooters ever, ever, ever. Um, I've got to find that picture of, of we were at a high school tournament uh, and he used to wear black um, black wristbands, right? He still wears them, or you can, when he played, he still wore them. And so in high school, he wore them. That's where he started. And so after the game, he would take them off and throw them to me in the stands, right? Because um, I was petty. Like, I was that cheerleader that, nope, like, people hated, right? Like, I got thrown out of the game, and my uncle was the coach. <laughs> My uncle was a coach of our rival school and I got, and I got thrown out again. I know, I know, because I am super competitive and I'm Steph Curry petty. <laughs> and so I said many things that were really mean because um, I had no filter, but, but back to the story with Reggie throwing me the armbands. So the local paper took a photo of him throwing it to me uh, in the stands and so, um, at UCLA, because that's the only reason why I went to UCLA, right, is following him. Uh, he 
he signed those for me. So I had them, I think I threw them away, you know, when I got mad at him. Who knew? Who knew he'd be a Hall of Famer, right? Who knew he'd be a Hall of Famer? What was I thinking? I could have made some money. You know, profitable Petty Rochelle could have made some money from it. I need to do a tell-all that that tells all the crazy things that, that went on um, with him and his family and his sister and his brother. His brother worked with my mother. Lots of juicy stuff. Uh, but, you know, I'm a nice person. I'm petty, but I ain't that petty. <laughs> but I ain't that petty. So let's get back to Steph Curry and his pettiness and what uh, what business lessons can you learn from the pettiness, right? is that you always need to have a person or an entity that is your enemy that you use in your marketing so that it's y'all against them. Yes. So I was talking um, with a private client a couple of weeks ago. She came out for a VIP day. And while we were sitting there, I was looking at her content and I'm like, so who's your enemy, right? Like, who do you watch their content and go, what? are they talking about right and so she told me instantly who it was and i'm like so how come you're not directing your content like totally contradicting what she is saying right and telling like what the truth is right so there's there's lots of uh people like the other day i just i shared a post of uh, in 2011, I think it was, I went to the library cause y'all know I'm a reader and I love to read books on entrepreneurship. So it was like, start up. Here's how you start your business. Right. I turned to, I always read the table of contents before I bought it. So I turned to the table of contents and it said, um, come up with an amazing product. And then it said, find your audience. And I'm like, Oh my God, I closed the book. I left it back on the counter. What the, what? First of all, that's not how you start. Like it's the other way around, find your audience and then create the product or the solution once you've solved the problem, right? One GS, one great solution, that, that's how you do it. So when I talk about content, I talk about those things that people think that they think that they know, but is not really what they know, right? So, so when you are a professor teaching entrepreneurship, that's how you think the order is. Now, don't get me wrong. When I wrote the million dollar equation in 2012, um, I had already built the telephone company, right? I had already built it. I'd already rebuilt it back. I had already lost it. I rebuilt it. I sold it. Like I, I bought three other businesses. I had helped three other people build million dollar businesses by that time, by the time I wrote the million dollar equation. Yes. And some things are out of order. <laughs> which is why I rewrote and that's coming out at the end of this year, um, the million dollar equation, right? Cause when I went back to read it, to implement it in the order that it does, I said, Ooh, well, that's not an order. Well, that's not what you do in chapter three. Chapter three is all about creating your marketing calendar, right? But that marketing calendar, you don't know what to put on it at chapter three. You don't know it until after you finish chapter nine. So really that should be the last chapter. Um, but that's because I'm an implementer and I didn't know it while I was doing it. So back to Steph Kerr, right? Um, you want to have a piece of pettiness <laughs> in your business, in your content so that you can draw the line in the sand and create 
your rabid fans who are team Rochelle, not team college professor, teaching entrepreneurship, right? Who are team Rochelle, entrepreneur for 30 years, only had one job, right? Who understands how to build businesses. So you want to know who is the enemy. And Steph Curry used all of his enemies, all of the fans, right? All of the Boston Celtics fans who talked crazy about his wife, who said she couldn't cook, who did all of those things <laughs> and used that to propel his team to the championship. That's what you want to do. You want to use all of that fodder, even if you have to create a fictional enemy. I don't care what it is. But you need something that keeps you moving and keeps you moving to the end. Um, if you talk to any professional athletes, I'm cured from them, by the way. I'm cured. I don't do professional athletes. <laughs> but what I found is that they all have something that fuels them. Sometimes it's petty. Okay? Sometimes it's not. But you need to have something that fuels you, that makes you, helps you ready to win so um yeah so put down who you're against and who has a has a totally different philosophy of how things should be right if you've got a small company then i'd be like your biggest competitor they would be oh no i would oh yes i'd be going after them you don't have to say their name but you can definitely go after them um you can structure your content around fighting them right and getting people on your team so that now they will always purchase from you instead of your competitor. All right, um, hey, we'll be right back with your million dollar equation lesson and um, your assignment for this week. All right, I'll see you in just a second. Hey, 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 MDE Nation. <laughs> Have you grabbed the original, the OG book, the book that started it all? the book, The Million Dollar Equation. That was my original passion project where everybody kept asking me, Michelle, tell me how you rebuilt back your million dollar business. How in the world did you come back from losing it all? How in the world did you do it? And I sat and I spent two weeks and I wrote The Million Dollar Equation. So it sounds exactly how I talk. If you put my voice to it while you're reading it, you will feel the essence of me. But you will also learn some really great valuable lessons on how to build your own million dollar business. Yep, you can grab it right there on Amazon. Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, hey, y'all. It's time for your million dollar equation lesson this week. Something that you can implement right now in your business that's going to move you closer to that seven figure level. Okay. Here's your lesson this week. And it is all about creating a business that you want. So I'm always shocked when people ask me to come and consult and I get to their business and I'm like, so what's the challenge? And they go, well, I don't like doing that. Or I don't like this customer or, um, gosh, I'm, I'm just looking for easier, better way. So has it always been like that? Oh yeah. Since the beginning, like I've always hated writing for other people. Then why did you create a business around it? <laughs> why did you create a business around it? Because they started the business from the wrong mindset, right? They've started it from, I just want to go and make money. 
instead of, I want to make sure that I am solving a big ass problem, right? I want to make sure that I'm solving a problem in the area. So those me too jobs, those jobs or those businesses that are just like somebody else, or, you know, you work for the company and you think that they're making so much money. So you decide to go on your own and try to steal some of their customers. Yeah. My friend from, from elementary school did that and then got sued. Like that's not ethical. Like that's not what you do. Um, you want to start with who can you serve? And then, and then design the business around what you like, how often you like to work, what days, the mornings. Like I get people who ask me all the time, Hey, I'm going to do a webinar. What time should I do it? What time do you want to do it? Well, no, what time are most of the people going to be there? And well, that, that doesn't matter. No time is going to be perfect for everybody. No time is going to be perfect for everybody. So what do you want? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked at all these people who haven't figured out what they want in their life, let alone what they want in their business. Right. It's like, well, what do you, why look entrepreneurship is the most amazing place to be, but it's the hardest thing to do. It's hard. It's hard. And everybody who's telling you it's easy is lying to you is lying to you. And if you go out and it's easy at first, trust me, it's going to get hard because something made it easy for that moment. Yes. Something made it easy for that moment. Sometimes. So for example, had a client who, uh, during the pandemic created a brand new business that was teaching medical billing, right? So people were at home during the pandemic. So she posted a couple of posts. She got people who were sharing it. She started with a free medical terminology and then she got 10 people to buy her $2,500 program. She made $25,000 during the pandemic. And was like, yeah, 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 I like that. I wanna do that again. Okay, so guess what she did? She started medical terminology. She started posting it again. They were sharing it. And the second time she got six people. The third time she got four. Still, she made 50 grand, right? It wasn't, but she didn't have a system of how to get a customer. So now that people are back to work, she can keep sharing all she wants, but nobody's buying it. Nobody's coming. Nobody's nobody's doing it because they were doing it before because right everybody was sitting at home on the internet and they were like "Ooh, yeah maybe i do need to find a, a new job because that is in the beginning of of the pandemic well the medical people are working so i never have to worry about getting laid off again unemployment yeah this would be a great industry to go into Right. It was a culmination and a connections of, of two things happening at the same time, which changed the game and made it easy at that time. But easy does not stay forever. Does not stay forever. The posting and praying does not work. That's not a system. Okay. That's not a system to attract people to you 
every single day and you make the decision on do you want to serve them or not because you're solving a big big problem right okay. so what type of business do you really want how long is it how much do you really want to make so i'll ask people all the time well how much do you really want to make right and so uh one client the other day said i i want the biggest in this particular industry that they have i said really she's like yes you know but people who don't know what running a multi-million dollar company looks like what the support looks like you know i took home more money when I was making $800,000 than when I was making 33 million. What your payroll is when it's a half a million dollars every two weeks. Right, I just saw, I saw a news report where, where uh, all these people wanna work for Tyler Perry because he said his payroll was 156 million. Well, did you ask him how many people he's paying? Because <laughs> he may not be paying more than other folks. So, so why do you want to work for him and it's 156 like the logic like doesn't doesn't make sense but one of the things about this entrepreneurship that we one percent of the world right does what we do and with it um some get bullied into it some get sucked into it some just kind of show up in it right but i'm always for if this is what you want then why not design it the way you want it to be right so as I was describing what this big business looked like to her, yeah, I said, is this what you want? Because we need to build it from the beginning up so it can support that. Because that first uh, corporate contract that you get is going to require that you have a staff of about 20. So where are we finding the 20 people? Um, you need to set up your payroll. You need to set up all your tax entities. You need to be able to, <laughs> you know, have your reserves in there. So we probably should apply for some lines of credit. You know, what does your personal credit look like? Like all of those things come into factor. I'm shocked. Oh, I can't just build it and get one client and two clients. And one. Okay. Well, if it's just you serving one client that's fine but you're not going to go get a corporate client that requires 20. right remember you know i've said it probably in this podcast now 20 times who you say yes to determines who you who you say no to right and if you say yes to everybody and say no to no one then you're going to end up with the lowest tier so if you say no to those smaller ones and you only say yes to the bigger ones and you need to build it that way like like i think people who have never built a business always believe that i can build it with this little thing and then i'll i'll reinvest first of all that's not what what normal people do because as soon as you get to a certain level you start to ooh, wow you know, 30,000 a month, that's kind of fun. You start taking vacations because you've earned it. And you start uh, buying things and investing in things. Now you need to sustain this 30, but in order to get to 100,000 a month, you need to make some big investments and now you don't have the capital to do that. Like there's, there's a lot to it. So my suggestion is always think about how big do you want this business? 
And if you truly want a big one, then, then consult with some folks. Right? I would love to help. Um, and figure out like how how do you build it and how do you build it correctly. But it, it does not like build organically. At some point you have to make a huge leap. So for example, in the phone company business, um, I had gotten to a certain level in that me buying traffic from the big three, right? AT&T, Sprint, um, it was MCI at the time. Woo, that's dated me. <laughs> Uh, that then turned into WorldCom that's now T-Mobile. Um, if I'm going to buy from them, then my expenses were so much that there was no way for me to actually make money. So I came to an impasse, right? And I had to make a decision is do I sell the company? Do I invest six million dollars in in my own switch so that now i have the ability to have the lines come through my own switch so that i could save those three cents a minute and that could go to my bottom line um so that type of investment is a is a true capital right investment and it was going to take a lot of my cash um and then the debt servicing to that like I wasn't gonna make any money for like three years again. Okay, like I could cash flow it, but I wasn't gonna be able to take out large chunks to put into my retirement. Or do I keep going the way I go and just cash flow it and take out just some that I can, right? This is what happens. There's an impasse at every business when you get ready to build bigger than where you are. So make sure you understand what type of business you really want to build. Okay? So then you'll know. It. So your MDE assignment for this week is look at your existing business. And is that the business that you want? Is it the size that you want? Is that how you want to grow? Um, or are you okay? And what happens when you want to 10 times it? What do you need to do to 10 times it to get it to where you want it to be? And if that's not what you want, then what is that you want? And let's design that together, right? Let's design it together. So that is your assignment for this week. Um, hey, I've got a really fun, fun, fun message to Devin in, uh, in two minutes. So I'll see you back here in just a second. Hey, MDE Nation, I have some openings to work with me and my team on building your own million dollar business. Or if you already have the million dollar business, you want to add another two or 10. <laughs> hey, let's spend some time together. The easiest, fastest way is to make sure it's a good fit is to go check out my free training, how to add another million to your business this year. Right? You can go grab it for free um, by going to www627figures.com. The number six, T-O, number seven, figures.com. You will see the three easiest things you can do in your business right now to get to the million faster and see kind of how my brain works and how we actually work with our private clients. I'm excited to help you 
add that extra million to your bottom line. Let's have some fun. Hey, 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 it's your girl, Rochelle. I'm back with my message to Devin, to my little, to my, to my, she is the best thing that ever happened to me in my whole life. She's the only person in this world that made me slow down, that made me stop, that made me actually take a look at the world and go, oof, okay, <laughs> things are a little different, right? Um, so I'm excited about, uh, about what we got going on, me and Dev. Um, it is summertime. So we have been on the road every single week since she got out of school, you know, and when, before she went to school, it was really awesome because then we could pick up and go. And so we would go to different places in the middle of the week, right? So we'd go Tuesday through Thursday and then come home and not have the crowd. So now I'm annoyed when I have to wait for the school thing. I'm annoyed by that, right? I'm like, oh, I have to wait till she's out of school here. We're just going to take you out of school. And so my kid is so crazy. She tells me, well, my mommy knows it anyway. So she's a better teacher than anybody else. I love her. I love her. So today's message to Devin is this. My kid is super afraid of insects. Okay. So when she was, oh my gosh, three, two or three, you know, some kids are fascinated. She was nuts when there would be a fly that came. She would be like, ah! So now at 16, you know what she does when there's a fly? Yeah, same thing. Oh my gosh, there's a fly! There is a fly! So when we would, so we don't go on vacations to like exotic places. Like there's, there's no out in the wilderness type of stuff. No, because that's not her thing. She does not like insects. And so one of the things that her father said to her when she was little is he's like, never be scared of something that's smaller than you. Just step on it. Just hit it. Like if there's a, there, there was a little tiniest spider in her room. And I think she cried for like three hours. Please, will you come get it? I'm like, hit it with a shoe. So then I go in a room the other day and there's all these marks on the wall. I'm like, what the hell is that? She's like, well, there was a, there was a spider and I threw my shoe at it all over the walls. It's like, what? So life can be scary. And you get to choose what makes you scared or afraid. And there's absolutely never a reason to be afraid of something that you're bigger than. And here's the true lesson is that my darling Debbie, you are bigger than your thoughts. You are bigger than what's going to happen because you never know until it is you are bigger than <gasps> whatever fear that you have you're bigger than it it's just like those flies it's like they can't hurt you they're not going to do anything yeah they can bother you a little bit they can just fly they can fly in your face but they're not going to bite you it's okay you don't have to be afraid of anything 
So make sure that you always look at it as, look, I'm bigger than it. My faith is bigger than it, than any fear I can ever have. My feet are bigger than that lizard that's coming running at me. You are bigger than anything. And because of that, you never, ever, ever have to be afraid. All right, y'all, I love you for free. Thank you so much for listening, for watching, for for tweeting, <laughs> for commenting, um, for subscribing, for doing all of those things. I can't just even, even tell you like how wild I think it is that y'all want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> it's like, what? what? This has been so much fun. Um, way more fun than I thought it would be. And, uh, you know, I, I probably did a hundred podcasts before I decided to do my own. People have been asking me for years. And I'm like, who wants to listen just to me all the time? So, um, will you do me a favor and give me a rating? Um, go to the website and leave a comment and tell me if you love it. And if you don't tell me that too, shit, tell me I need to change some stuff. Uh, I may not cause I'm the baddest chick on the planet, <laughs> but I may just change it. Right. I may just, this is, this is just my love letter to all entrepreneurs that, that, Hey, somebody believes in you. Somebody wants you to be better. And, uh, I just want y'all to benefit from all of the shit I did wrong <laughs> and make sure that you don't have to do it wrong anymore. All right. Um, I love you for free. It is my honor to serve and I'll see you next week. <laughs> see you later. Bye.